welcome. My name is Douglas Getz, and you've found your way to the Diving and Thriving podcast. Here, we have enlightening conversations about how we can better navigate this sometimes crazy world we live in. From refreshing spiritual perspectives to tips about personal growth, the focus here is about how we can become better human beings. So I'd like to thank you for being here today, and I hope you enjoy this episode. Welcome, everyone, to the Diving and Thriving podcast. Today, my guest is Henry Feldman. Henry, how are you? I'm doing great. Thank you, Doc. Absolutely. Wonderful. Wonderful. Henry, you're the owner of Henry's Fine Jewelries, and you have two locations in North Central Jersey. Is that correct? That's correct. One location is in Summit, one in Baskin Creek. Very nice. Very nice. And you also have a very interesting story about how you got to that point, correct? Uh, yes. The story goes back, I guess, 33 years right now. So I came to this country 33 years ago with $200 in my pocket. Yes. Uh, my daughter was six. My son was inside of the belly of my wife, and I didn't speak one word of English. So, so that's that's going back thirty-three years. Yeah, that's that's not an easy, easy couple challenges to overcome. It is not. Uh, I think what was. On my mind, 33 years ago, I wasn't afraid to work hard. I was ready to work hard, and I was ready to do whatever is necessary to support my family. Mm-hmm. So, so my goal is, when I arrived to JFK, my goal was to work for 80 hours a week. That was my goal because I understood that if I do it, I will be able to provide for my family. And I have to say that in many ways, I succeeded because I did work two jobs the second, almost the day I arrived. I got a job in someone's jewelry shop, and then I got another job in someone's jewelry store in Philadelphia and I was traveled both jobs. So so I was successful in, in putting eight hours in a week. That's that's good. So have you have you always been working in the jewelry industry since coming to America? Uh yes. Yes. Nah. Even though I honestly didn't know what what life will bring me to. I don't know what am I going to do in America just because my my background was jewelry, but also my background was engineering. By education, I'm an HVAC engineer. Hmm. So, so that being said, I had experiences in both fields because I did work as an engineer uh and i did work as a jeweler so I, at least i had sort of two skills which 
I thought would be applicable and I didn't know which way it will go. Yeah. Oh, wow. So let's, so let's bring it all the way back. So you grew up in Belarus. Correct. Okay. Correct. And how long did you live in Belarus for? Uh, so I lived there until I left Belarus for United States. So that would be, I guess, 31 years. Mm. Very nice. Very nice. And what made you choose the United States out of, let's say, like European countries or any other any other country? What made you choose the United States? Okay, to answer your question, you have probably we have to examine why people come to this country in general. And and I think there would be many different answers from different people. As for me, the answer would be for freedom. Mm -hmm. And to me, it meant a lot. To me, it meant to wake up in the morning and to not be afraid of saying what's on my mind and not be afraid of in some way totalitarian regime which was in Belarus or, or Russia at that time. And I think probably it changed a lot, but at that time it wasn't a free country in any way or form. Mm -hmm. uh, so that was my major reason. Uh, so I guess that's, that's the answer. Yeah. And was Belarus very influenced a lot by Russia? Was it? Yeah, 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 definitely, definitely. That was probably the closest uh, state or republic or whatever you call it to Moscow, to Russia. That was the closest in in, in many ways, politically and even language-wise. But also going back, I think Moscow dictated their rules to, to every state at that time. Yeah. In the 60s, 70s, and 80s, that, that's what it was. Moscow said, do this, and they were doing, and they were following the rules. Yeah. Yeah, I remember hearing a couple stories. I worked with a gentleman and he remembers back when, because he lived in, I think, either the Ukraine or Crimea, one of the two. Okay. And Crimea is a part of Ukraine, actually. Okay. Okay. So he was, he was from Ukraine was. then. Yeah, he's from Ukraine. He remembers when he was a kid, the, the Russian army came in, they were just marching through. And what they did was they picked up the, the posts that said the border of Ukraine and they just picked up the posts and moved them 100 kilometers into, into Ukraine. And just suddenly their town was now a part of Russia through, through no legal means or anything. They just picked up the posts that said this is where Ukraine stops and they just moved it 
a hundred kilometers. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, in many ways, it would be the way they did it in the past. Yeah, yeah. So they they sure do have a, a lot of strategies for gaining influence, whether politically or just changing borders and whatnot. So yep. that's for sure. Yeah, that's for sure. But you, so what made you choose the jewelry industry? What, what kind of led you down that path? Uh, I think probably a good answer would be that's where my passion was. Uh, that's what I was doing for many years and I enjoyed, probably I enjoyed mostly the creative end of it, making jewelry, designing. Also, I think I enjoyed problem solving in terms of repairs. I would say when many jewelers would say it cannot be done, I would say no problem. Hmm. I would say it, it can be done. I knew the way. And maybe in some way my engineering background was helping me and helps me every day today as well. Hmm. So that's two apparently not connecting fields are very, very much connected, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah, those are, are definitely connected. So is, is there a lot of creative, creative aspect that goes into the jewelry industry? Do you make a lot of your own jewelry? Absolutely, you absolutely. Do. I, I do, I do. That's actually big, it is a big part of my business. Really? So I say my business consists of three. One is selling jewelry, one is making jewelry, mm -hmm. and one repairing. That's, that being said, making jewelry is a big part. Uh, mostly I make jewelry for customers. Mm -hmm. Mostly I do it by orders. Uh, I do it when people come with sometimes their old jewelry, which is not current anymore. They don't wear these pieces anymore. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it's pieces passed from uh, like generations above and it's not current anymore. So they say, okay, can we use this jam and make a piece which would be appealing to me and wearable. And Absolutely. So, so I start this process by drawing some sketches. Actually, I start the process by talking to the customer to understand what they envision, what their likes and dislikes. Then I draw some sketches. Then I do it in CAD, in a computer, mm -hmm. so they can see basically the finished product before the piece is even done. Uh, we can make changes along the way and Finally, we cast it in the metal of their choice. I set all the stones in. So that's, that's the process of custom. Again, big part of my business and very, very much enjoyable. At wow. the end, you get a piece which is one of a kind, not of the meal, just exactly the way the customer wants. Mm -hmm. and, and that's the bottom line. That's, that's what the, the beauty of custom-made jewelry is the way you want it, not off the mill. Yeah. Yeah, that's special. That That is special. 
Um, so, so does that, so I know I'm guessing places like K jewelers doesn't make jewelry like, like that. So they must buy it elsewhere and then bring okay. it. Yeah. How oh, does... Okay. K jewelers is, and I don't want to trash K jewelers. Mm. However, uh, and, and K jewelers has its place. So I'm not saying let's close K jewelers because they don't serve people. They do. But if you're looking for low quality jewelry, if you're looking for low quality diamonds, if you're looking for pieces which will be very light and poorly made, but inexpensive, that's K jewelers. Do they make jewelry? No. Do people who work for K jewelers know what they're talking about? Most of the times I found they don't. Uh, however, look, they exist. It means they make sales and they sell jewelry. And look, obviously they have their segment of customers. And, and therefore I say, Absolutely. Do they do what I do? No. Do they do? Do they sell the same quality as I sell or produce? Uh, no. Do they do repairs to the same quality standards as I do? No, they don't. But look, they exist. So is Tiffany's. So is One Cliff. Yeah. Uh, so there are different levels of the stores and some are lower end, some are higher end. And I'm looking towards the higher end. That's, yeah. that's my approach. It, it is called Henry's Fine Jewelry. Yeah, the word fine mm -hmm. uh, should, should have some meaning. Very nice, very nice. So what would make a ring? So let's say, uh, what would make a ring high quality compared to low quality? Because I, I don't know too much about jewelry in itself. So like the ring itself versus the diamond versus the construction. Okay. okay. What, what okay. separates it? So, so let's say, let's say it this way. Uh, first of all, materials. Mm -hmm. So high quality diamonds would sparkle more than low quality diamonds. High quality diamonds would be white color and low quality diamonds will be yellowish brownish. Mm. Uh, so, but at the end of the day, okay, let's say that high quality diamonds sparkle much more than low quality diamonds. Uh, workmanship. Uh, pieces which are made properly will last, will last for years and years and pieces which are poorly made, people would start losing diamonds in a week, a month, mm. uh, half a year, a year, so something like this. Uh, pieces which are ma well made would have nice weight and strength. Pieces which are cheaply made would be extremely light, would bend easily, would break easily. Mm. So, so uh, what else? Uh, quality of larger stones, even color stones, rubies, sapphires, amethysts, those are high quality, 
stones and low quality stones, nice colors and bad, bad colors. For example, uh, sapphires can be black like coal and, and can be beautifully bright blue color. Uh, a lot of inclusions are perfectly clear. So, so that's what makes the difference in quality in, in, in short, in short sense. Okay, nice. Yeah, because I haven't, I haven't looked into jewelry too much. I, I purchased necklaces, but they're not, they're not too expensive. They're just, they, they show something, they, they mean something. It's a stone of some sort, not like a sapphire or an emerald or a ruby, but it's, it's interesting seeing, seeing, diving into other industries to see what, what makes it so special, what separates high quality from low quality and, and everything in between. So that's, that's really cool. So what did you, did you always have a love for jewelry? Did that, was that always around in your life since you were, since you were a child? Yeah, I started probably in jewelry, I believe I was maybe 12 or so, started mm -hmm. to help someone in the jewelry shop and learned basics and learned a little bit more and started to do different things and basically fell in love with it. It's, mm -hmm. I guess that was my way into this industry. Mm -hmm. Nice. So you you were a part of jewelry since you were twelve. So yep. at one at some point you went down the uh, the engineering path to be a, a HVAC engineer. Mm -hmm. So when did you when did you do that? Did you do that in Belarus? Yeah, yeah. Uh, basically, I went into engineering college right after I graduated from high school. Mm -hmm. Uh, my father was an engineer, my mother was an engineer, a lot of people around me uh, were engineers, and I thought maybe I would go the same path. Mm -hmm. uh, and again, I will repeat myself proudly, but, but I will say, even though I don't work in this field anymore, helps me every single day to succeed in what I do. Yeah. Yeah, you mentioned being able to use AutoCAD. Is that something you learned in engineering school? No. No? No. No. That's actually AutoCAD didn't exist at that time. At the time I went to college. No, that didn't exist. So mm -hmm. that's something I learned here. And also talking about education, uh, also I attended Gemological Institute of America here and, and got my certifications in, in diamonds and diamond grading. Mm. So, so that's continuous education, which I, I still, look, if you stop learning, uh, you're that. I think you have to continue learn science because obviously any field and any industry don't stay still. Uh, you have to learn new science. So that's a very much applicable to jewelry industry as well. So 
I learned new things. I studied some things. Uh, of course, I read uh, jewelry industry magazines and attend, attend seminars and attend uh, trade shows. So education continues. Yeah. Oh, wow. That, that's, that's interesting. I didn't know there was a certification for what type of school was that? I, I missed the word. German? Gemological Institute of America is the most prestigious and probably the best mm. uh, school for diamonds and color stones probably in the world. Oh, wow. They actually, GIA for short, mm -hmm. uh, invented and developed the system of diamond grading, mm -hmm. so, which is used today worldwide. Wow. That's, that's impressive. That's impressive. Yeah, that, I never knew there was a school about that. That's, that's really- Oh yeah. That's in California, actually. In California. Nice. Yep. That's really cool. Yeah, it's, it's great to have you on, you know. It, it's, a lot of, it's a lot of effort to become a business owner and especially to make the jump from being an employee to being owning your own business. So what kind of, what made you want to take that step? And when did you take that step? And, and kind of what challenges did you face in, in that transition? Because that's a big transition going from an employee to a business owner, a lot more risk, a lot more responsibility, a lot more weight on your shoulders. Okay. So when I came to, as I mentioned, when I came to this country and I got two jobs in jewelry, yeah. Uh, and I remember a conversation with one of my relatives who said to me, so what do you think? Would you be a business owner? And I said, what business owner? What are you talking about? I'm so happy to have two jewelry jobs and working for someone. I, I even didn't, I didn't think about being a business owner, B, probably I didn't know what it means to be a business owner. Mm -hmm. I didn't, at that time, I didn't really completely understand what the business owner, what, what, what does it mean? Mm -hmm. uh, however, shortly, shortly after this conversation, it just, I came across one guy who had sort of, who had a business. The business was so small, which like looking back today, I would say, was it really a business? Wasn't it a business? But I came across a guy who, who had a little jewelry bench in someone's jewelry store uh, and the reason it was called business, uh, he didn't report to this jewelry store. His bench was, he was paying rent to the jewelry store and every repair which would come to the store would go, the customer with this repair would go directly to his bench. And basically the, he would repair all the jewelry which would come to, to the jewelry store, but directly communicating with the customer and people would pay directly for 
for these repairs to the to this jeweler. It happened that this jeweler was moving somewhere and he said, okay, would you be interested? Mm. And I was, uh, at that time, I know I had a couple of sleepless night, nights to understand, can I do it? My English was close to zero still. Uh, money factor was important. The business, the business was, I think the guy wanted $6,000. Mm. And for me at that time, $6,000 was, I don't know, I don't know what parallel to do, but, but probably it was like half a million today. Mm. So, so that's, that's how significant this $6,000 was at that time, because when I came to this country, I mentioned, I think, I had 200 dollars in my pocket. Yes. I, di I didn't have 6,000 dollars. I didn't. Um, so after a couple of sleepless nights, I said, yes, I'm taking it. I found some money to borrow from a couple of friends. Uh, and I paid the guy and I took this bench as mm -hmm. a business. That yeah. was the beginning of my business. So here is, I'll share my, actually by far my favorite story from this period. And probably one of my favorite stories from me being an immigrant and coming to this country. Yeah. So as I said, I didn't speak practically any English even though people who would come to my bench would say something to me, I actually couldn't understand what they were saying. What they were saying. However, I did see like what they had in their hand, broken chain. I would say, okay, no problem. I knew what, what I had to do, what to fix. Mm -hmm. And so started to do these repairs and then maybe a few months into it, uh, the guy comes in and brings some repair. I started to speak English a little bit at that time. I don't remember actually what did he bring. It was probably a small repair. And I said, okay, 30 minutes, come back. Uh, so he comes back in 30 minutes. I'm giving him a piece of jewelry, which was fixed. He says, how much? I say, three. The guy says, thank you very, very much and leaves without pain. So, and I'm saying, what's going on? I don't understand. Right next to me, it was a young guy uh, who was a college student, worked in the store next, next door, but he would very often come and he loved watching me work. Mm. So he was standing next to me and he says to me, Henry, do you know what, what happened? I said, no, I don't understand why the guy didn't pay. Henry, the way you said three, it sounded like free. And the guy was very appreciative. So he said, thank you very much. I appreciate it. It was free. And that's why he left without paying. So I said to the guy, look, I remember his name. His name was Lee. 
I said, Lee, do me a favor. Can you practice with me how to say three the proper way? And Lee says, absolutely, of course. So Lee is saying to me, three, 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 three. I'm repeating after him, free, 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 free. And after maybe 10 or 15 minutes of this practice, Lee says, you know what, Henry? Charge four. <laughs> <laughs> True story, by far my favorite. Oh, wow. Yeah, that, that kind of just solves it right there. <laughs> Charge for <laughs> That's like any, and I, I guess every immigrant would tell you stories similar to it. Maybe sometimes customs, sometimes language, sometimes I don't know misunderstanding. But that was that's my favorite funny story about a little bit of language barrier. Wow, wow, that's great. That's that's hilarious. The guy just walked away. He said thank you. <laughs> walked away. Wow. So that's that's impressive. So that was that was the first business. That you own. Yeah, that was that was the first business. Wow. So going from there, my bench. So I was like very busy at the bench, started again straight from repairs. Then after a little while, started to make jewelry for people and repairs. And then a few years into it, I opened my first store. And now there are two stores, as I said, Baskin Christian Summit, and that's the rest of the history. Wow. Yeah, because, you know, you say the, the rest is history, but there's a lot of work that goes into that transition from owning a bench to owning a store. Uh, it takes a lot of work and probably a lot of knowledge and a lot of experience. Mm -hmm. uh, I am a true believer in the fact, in the statement probably, if you want to own a pizzeria, if you want a pizza business, you have to start by washing the floor in pizzeria. You have to start by cleaning the tables. You have to know the business. So for me, in part, I knew the jewelry repair business before I came to this country, but to know the business business, mm -hmm. that took actually a number of years and still continues. As I said, it's, it's like continuous education. Yeah. Uh, so, but you have to have a lot of knowledge of many, many, many different aspects of, of business. It happened to be jewelry business, but again, going back to pizzeria, uh, you have to know at one point, you have to learn how to make pizza, how to make varieties of pizzas, mm -hmm. how to talk to a customer, how to serve a customer, uh, how much the pizza should, should cost, uh, what kind of sodas they are. So every business has their ins and outs, specifics, but we'll call it knowledge and experience at the end of the day. Yeah. So. So that's years and years of knowledge and experience, which yeah. Yeah, still continues. Yeah, because there's, there's a lot of aspects to owning a business. There's having your books in order and the proper accounting. There's 
if you have employees, there's payroll, there's how you manage those. You got it. Yeah, you're absolutely there's, right. There's purchasing the supplies that you need, renting or, or purchasing a building for that, decorating it, expenses of that building. So it's it kind of everything just ramps up basically. That's that's what we call a business. And again, the word business would mean so many, many different aspects of what's what comes together as a business. Mm -hmm. uh, one thing I would probably mention about small business. Uh, my personal problems there's not enough hours in a day or in a week or in a month. Yeah. And the reason for it, and that's how small businesses work, I think, at least at least it is my understanding. Mm -hmm. Business, any business owner uh, wears many, 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 many hats. And by doing so, we're eliminating some expenses. And by doing so, we actually can make some money. Mm -hmm. uh, look, I'm my own bookkeeper. Can I pay a bookkeeper? Can I find a bookkeeper and pay him or her? Absolutely. But it would take a chunk of money out of the business. Uh, I don't have a cleaning crew. I clean, sometimes I clean the bathroom myself. Sometimes my people, my salespeople clean bathroom or sweep the floors. But I don't mind doing it myself too. And can I hire a cleaning crew? Absolutely. If I pay them, it would take a chunk of money out of the business. Uh, I don't have my IT person because my son who works with me covers IT part and computers. And because of this, we can make a little bit more money or have less expenses. So that goes with a lot of things, but, but also doing so, there are not enough hours in the day. <laughs> I mentioned it. Yes, I remember you mentioning that to me the other day. Uh, have, have you found the, the 25th hour in the day yet? Or are you still looking? Uh, I don't know. Still trying. That so far, I'm not successful. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's, I, I hear that regularly with, with small business owners. It's, it's just constantly working. There's, there's never enough hours. There's always something else to do. So it's always something else. It's something to do and and again the reason for it we do a lot a lot a lot of things which large businesses hire people mm -hmm. so i guess that's the price to pay of being a business owner and being a small business mm -hmm. which i absolutely don't mind and i love it i love it yeah. but it comes with a lot of work 100 percent. yeah very nice. And so your first store, where was that? Was that, you said, was that Basking Ridge, would you say? Did you say? No, my first store was in Union. Mm -hmm. I had a, a store there for, I think, maybe seven or eight years. Then I moved to 
summit. So that was my still first tour. Uh, and then I opened Baskin Ridge. Uh, also, I moved both stores. I moved Summit store within Summit. I think mm. probably five years ago, I moved my Baskin Ridge store within Baskin Ridge yeah. two and a half years ago. So yeah. both stores are renovated and, and updated in terms of decor and fixtures. So that's relatively both stores are new, even though they're not new in terms of time of existence. Yeah. Yeah, I see. I see. So I'm sure, so you've learned, you've been in the jewelry business since you were 12 and you've owned your own jewelry business for how many years? Uh, we'll call it 32. 32. Wow. So what, what were, so I know usually in different industries, usually there's something that you learn that kind of takes you to the next level or something that like, there's, there's usually like a challenge that you keep encountering that it's it just, it's, it's excruciating. It kind of drives you mad a little bit until you figure out the answer to it or the solution to it. Have you had any situations like that? Any major challenges that you were facing maybe in the early years that it took for you? Maybe it was pricing or maybe it was dealing with customers. What, what things did you really figure out that, that helped your business? Uh, not an, an easy question to answer because I don't think there's one aspect on one thing which I learned and brought me to next level. Yeah. And as I said before, there are so many different hats I wear and so many different aspects of business uh, that I don't think there's one which would yeah. overweigh the rest. Yeah, there's, I, I there's think at least, at least in, in my opinion, I say the longer I work in business, the more I learn the more I understand business, the, in some way, the easier it is to find answers to situations and questions which arise. Uh, so at the end of the day, experience, that, that's all it is. If you want to be successful in business in a month or in a year, Maybe if you're lucky to strike gold, I don't know, but most of the times it's years of hard work and learning every day. That's, that's my approach and that's my answer. Yeah. Yeah, that, there, there's really no substitute to experience. Yeah. There's an old saying, uh, if two people come together, one person with money and one person with experience, usually the person with the experience, uh, or usually the person with the money leaves with experience, and usually the person with experience leaves with the money. Okay, I, I didn't hear this 
expression, but yeah, it makes it makes some sense. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So I know you through a business networking group called BNI, Business Networking International. How long have you been a part of that group? Uh, I think I'm a part of this group for, I guess, eight or nine years. Uh, great group of people, as you know, you, you know, many of, of people in this group. Uh, I love it. I love being a member. Uh, my approach or my reason to be a member probably somewhat different from many. Uh, many people join this group because they think they will make money being in the group. They will get more business being in the group. And it's nothing wrong with this approach uh, because at the end of the day, you will make money being there and you get more business. No questions about it. However, my approach always been and is, still is, uh, I meet great people. I meet great people being a member and a lot of great people join the group and I create relationships, I create friendships, and at the end of the day, I make money from, from people, people mm -hmm. some make money from, from me, and we do refer business and friends to, to each other, but my approach always been people, not, not business. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's a good approach, honestly, just to developing the relationships with, within people. And uh, yeah, that's, that's a, it's a much more wholesome way to go about it. Sure, the money's, money's there and the money will come. And it will come. Uh, I think I first, I, when I joined the group, my first money came six months into, uh, into being a member. Uh, mm -hmm. I know sometimes people who join expect money the second week. And sometimes they leave six months into it because they say, wait, I gave it a try. I remember for six months, I didn't make a dollar. Uh, I think it is a wrong approach because I, at the end of the day, people will make money. Sometimes it comes sooner, sometimes it comes later but also to get the wisdom of people or members yeah. who are absolutely don't mind sharing this wisdom with mm -hmm. people who just join. I think that's priceless too. Yeah. 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 BNI is a special group. It's uh, it's not anything I've seen like it before. Um, and the basis of it is that it's called giver's gain, as you know, and it's the more I help other people, the more it comes back to me. So it's kind of Correct. like karma. The more you put out into the world, the more it'll come back to you. The more good you, you do for others, the more good it's gonna come back to you. And one of the things that I really love about it is that it encourages you to go on one-to-ones with the other members in the group. So sit down, have lunch with them, 
and get to know their business and who they are, and they get to know your business and who you are. That's true, but also, as I mentioned, it creates relationship and you know a person much closer, you know a person, this person personally, you know more about their business, and it's so much easier to recommend this person to your friends or co-workers uh, when you trust this person, when you know he or she would do a great job. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's, there's a tremendous amount of wisdom in that group and people are so open to share what they've learned through their, their trials and their tribulations and challenges. And there's, there's a huge value to that. Just, just to be able to, to pick up a piece of advice from somebody else can save you from going through that, that issue yourself. Absolutely, absolutely. And, and uh, on a number of occasions, I called some other members of BNI for, for just an advice, for an opinion. And that counts. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I remember uh, a gentleman by the name of Frank Abreu first okay. brought yeah. me into, into the BNI group that, that you're involved with. I actually was a part of it maybe a year before I showed up as, an, as a guest twice to a BNI in Somerville. So I kind of got to see how everything ran. And then when Frank invited me, I was thinking, what, what, what am I going to say? What's my 30 seconds going to be? I remember saying, well, I was, a, I wanted to, to kind of get a job as a salesman at that time. And so I stood up and I talked about, I'm a student. I want to help everyone and I'm a salesman. So if there's any way I can help you, please let me know. And by the end of that meeting, I had three job offers as a salesman. I was like, whew. Wow. Uh, yeah, it was it was shocking to see that that it has that much power and that much ability to change kind of you put out the ask and somebody's able to help something. It was it was incredible to see that. So yeah, BNI definitely brings together a lot of really good quality business owners who have a lot of experience. That's and you know, I'm I'm a huge fan of getting to know different business owners because something about business owners is they put themselves in positions that require more responsibility and it requires more focus and drive to the extent where you do have more risk on your plate. You have more reward, but there is more risk. Look, there are some people who would never be business owners because they don't want this risk. They want to go nine to five and five or five, they want to sort of turn it off and they have a great evening and they don't think about what happened between nine, nine and five. They know the paycheck is coming and it's nothing wrong with this approach uh, because business, doing a business owner, your brain never stops. You have problems which you have to solve. You have 
to move business forward. So uh, mm-hmm. you have to create this money which should come into the business. So look, look it's not for everyone. Uh, comes with some rewards, comes with risk, uh, mm-hmm. but nothing wrong to have a regular job. Monday through Friday too. That that's nothing wrong with it. It works. It's yeah. just for different people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I remember there was a time back in 2018. I was serving as an event organizer for an event that I was putting on. We called it the One Peaceful World Mini Music Festival. And it was to bring the community together, uh, Somerset County and Hunterdon County, bring the communities together uh, in the light of like a lot of divisive things that were going on, a lot of like polarizing issues where you're either on one side or the other. And we just wanted to bring people together for six hours on a Saturday for some good music. And we had all different genres of music. My team and I promoted it for about three months and got a venue, got a DJ, booked 12 acts. And we went to different businesses in Somerset County and Hunterdon County, uh, Somerville, Boundbrook, Bridgewater, Clinton, all different businesses and asked for donations. Um, Mm -hmm. And at our event, we were going to raffle off these donations and the proceeds of the raffle was going to go help the homeless in Somerset County. And it was, it was definitely, it was a fantastic time getting to know different business owners as we would walk into the business and pitch it to them, leave them a flyer, leave them a fundraising letter and ask them if they could put it up, ask them if they could donate to us, let them know where the proceeds are going and build a relationship with them. And it was, it was a wonderful time. And it was, it was really a, a great area for me to put my attention and my team. And it was, it was very rewarding too, because it turned out really well. But the trouble that I had was turning off my mind at the end of the day was it would okay. just running. It would keep running and Oh yeah. I got to talk to this guy and we got to talk to that guy. I got to follow up with so-and-so. And, and I put on events uh, when I was at Raritan Valley community college, I put on three, four five, a handful of events for the school itself. And I noticed the same thing. Turning off my mind was a tough part that I realized I didn't realize that that was going to be as tough of an issue, but it comes eight, nine o'clock and the, the gears are still turning. So yeah, yeah, that, yeah that's the price to pay. That's the price to pay of being the business owner or working on a project like yours. Yeah. Yeah. It, it definitely is. Cause it's, it's, you want to be able to go back to your life at some point and be able to enjoy family time and relaxing and, and all that. But then you have this, this big thing that you're working on that, that takes a lot of attention and a lot of thought. And so, yeah, yeah, you said it, it is, it's the price to pay when, when you're, you're doing something like that. So, yep. <laughs> yeah, no, that's, that's good. That's uh yeah. So is, does that still plague you? Does that still, or have you become more of a master at turning off your mind at the end of the day? Unfortunately, no. 
I would love to learn it, but but now sometimes I do have the sleepless nights where brain just don't stop thinking till six o'clock in the morning <laughs> when I when I wake up when I supposed to, to get up. So some sometimes I do have those days. Yeah, it's very hard to turn off your mind. If you know a trick, let me know. Okay. Yeah. If if I come across anything, I will let you know. Okay. I remember I would go through the process. I'd fall asleep ten, eleven at night thinking about things I had to do, and I'd wake up at six, seven a.m. already thinking those same thoughts. So at some point you do need to, to disconnect and spend time with your family or spend time with your friends, not talking about what you're working on so that you can take some space away from it so that you can enjoy it more. So there's, there's, there's definitely a balance that, that needs to be figured out. It helps. It needs to be figured out, but... In reality, how to figure it out? So far, I didn't learn. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's not easy, um, but but definitely worth it. But no, it was it was a pleasure having you on. Your your story is a very interesting one. You came to the country with two hundred dollars in your pocket, and and you're you seem to be doing very well. I think I'm doing well. At least I'm happy where I am. I'm happy with my family. I'm happy that my son joined my business, I guess, 10 years ago, or maybe even a little bit more after he graduated from college. Mm -hmm. And I'm happy to have good employees. I'm happy to work with happy customers. And I'm happy to provide services to them. It is a happy business. And in this respect, I think I'm a happy person yeah. to make people even happier. That's, yeah. that's I guess, to summarize, that's, that's a good thing, good thing for me. I do it with a smile uh, and, and I do it with good heart. And my approach is not to sell anything to anyone, but to help them, to help people to celebrate their lives, to celebrate their occasions, to make them happier. That's that's a goal. Yeah, yeah. I think that's a, a very important point. To as you you're happy, and and being happy in itself is a success. Just just True. being happy with whatever you're doing, whatever whatever job you're at, whatever whatever you're working on. And that's, that's a success in itself. So yeah, regardless of, of how well the business does or how like you, you, your happiness is, comes from making other people happy. And absolutely. I agree. So, yeah. Okay. Hey, anyway, thank you for having me in yes. today. I appreciate yes. it. I think we had a great conversation. Yes, yes. Thank you. I'm very okay. happy to have had you on, Henry. You have a, a fantastic story, and I'm, I'm happy to have, have gotten a, a bit of a, a look into your life and how you got to where you are at now. So thank you. All right. Thank you. All right. All right Henry, we will continue this another time.
talk to you soon. Thank right, you we'll very much. Okay. All right, take care. Okay, you too. Okay, okay. bye. Hey, everyone. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Diving and Thriving podcast with my guest, Henry Feldman. He had an interesting story, so I enjoyed it, and I hope you all did too. If you enjoyed it as much as I did, give it a like, a thumbs up, comment what your favorite part is, and if you're really a fan of the channel, subscribe. That would be a big help. All right, guys, and until next time, have a wonderful day.